In order to get the most out of ParentWise, listen to episode one, episode two, and our bonus episode, Long Game Parenting. After that, listen to whatever you want. Mom, mom, mama, what's ParentWise? So when do you want to go to sleep? None time. Parentwise is wildly honest. We talk to real parents about real issues. Parents often have no place to go to figure out what to do and how to fix it. A community of parents who find solutions that work in the real world. The first step to fixing anything is understanding the why of it. Hi, I'm Carrie Jordan. And I'm Dr. B. And, and this, this is, is Parentwise. My daughter's turning six, and she has requested a party themed with dragons and ninjas. I was freaking out about these themes, but now I can relax because I have ordered a themed birthday cake from a short and sweet bakery. It's a home-based bakery that makes delicious and beautiful cakes. Plus, she can customize any kind of artistry, no matter what your theme. If you're in the Southern California area, you have got to check out Short and Sweet Bakery at www.short sweetcakes.com that's short and sweetcakes.com just a few housekeeping items before we get started uh, to connect with other members of the ParentWise community you can like us on Facebook and also follow us on Instagram you can find us in both places by looking up ParentWise which is P-A-R-E-N-T-W-H-Y-S also, please go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. It would be awesome if you would leave us a review. Last but not least, if you would like to get in touch with us, and we really hope that you will, please go to the website, parentwise.com, click on contact us, and shoot us an email from there. We would be so excited to hear from you, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Welcome to this episode of ParentWise. Yay. Yay, yay. Today, we're going to be covering some really interesting stuff and stuff that's very prevalent. First, we're going to talk to parents Peely and Mark, and they have a wonderful son who I happen to know because he goes to school with my daughter. His name is Gabriel, and they're very, very close friends. And um, so I've had an opportunity to, to be around Gabriel a lot, and he is talented and energetic and all sorts of difficult because he is all of those wonderful things. It so. all comes together. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it will come together and be like as an adult, he's going to be phenomenal. And right now he's, he's a little yeah. tough. So we get to talk with them and hear about some of the things that they're dealing with, which include him not getting ready in the morning when they want him to get ready in the morning and dragging his feet, that kind of thing. And then also um, uh, just really intense temper tantrums where he just gets very very upset yeah and um and talking about about that as well then we're going to do our follow-up with dove and aura mm -hmm. and see how it went with cole and nava we won't touch on shlomo he's too small to cause too many problems so we'll get to hear how things went with um cole's talking back and nava's uh, uh incessant touching of dad's computer stuff yep and um so that'll be fun to do as well <laughs> 
All right. Okay. Yeah. And before before we move forward, I just want to put it out there. We would absolutely love to have more listeners be interviews. We've had some and some are coming up. But if you are listening to this and you want to be interviewed, please reach out to us on Facebook or on our website and let us know. Hi, my name is Peely Bailey. <laughs> Mark Edder. We met at a wedding. I was the wedding singer. And he was a wedding... Crasher? Crasher. Yeah. So I have a thing where I really just can't stand when, um, like, somebody is out. There's, like, one person out. He was just by himself. So I just, you know, walked over, started chatting him up, engaged him to come over to our group. And you were like, right on. <laughs> hey, she's really into me. Yeah. <laughs> this is going well. That's so, what I would think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he asked me to dance. No one else was dancing because they were cake cutting. And I like was like, no one else is dancing. He was like, no big deal. <laughs> so he grabs me and starts swing dancing me around the dance floor. We talked until the wedding was over. Um, I couldn't remember his name mm-hmm. at the very end. And then he didn't ask for my phone number. So I was going to wait until photos of the wedding started appearing on Facebook. No, yeah. I know where you're going with this. You waited so, for her to get tagged and then you could message her. Exactly. She had not been on Facebook in a long time. And so her profile picture was still that of her mother from Mother's Day. The name's right. It's not quite her. It's like an opposite catfish. <laughs> 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 no, she's actually really hot in person, but her pictures make her look older. Weird. <laughs> so I sent her a message and I said, "Hey, you, you know, please, please don't think this is creepy." But uh, yes, I um, uh, we started talking. We shared uh, information. Uh, Peely said she was a big texter, gave me her phone number, and uh, what was it ten days later? We had clocked in over thirty-one hours on the phone. So tell us about your son. Our son. His name is Gabriel. He's five years old. He is... He's a performer. He definitely loves to be seen. He is a major extrovert. Um, He is not shy unless you ask him to do something or say something to somebody. And then he's like... The WB frog, like he won't do it at all. Like he's just mute. He um, is very physical. He likes to run and jump and tumble and climb things and bound off of things. And he is always in character. And so there was one night where he was a dinosaur and he would not break character to save his life. And so I'm looking at him and I'm trying to get him dressed for, you know, bedtime. And he is a T-Rex and he's moving his head around and he has the short arms and he's walking (laughs) and he is a T-Rex. And I literally had a moment where I was like, maybe he's just become autistic. Like, I was like, maybe there's something... Like, he has just, like, and the reason I had this is because I had a a younger brother who was autistic. And, like, so, like, to me, it's something you can catch, even though I know it's not. But, like, as a kid, like, I didn't know how my brother became autistic. So, you know, so there was this moment when I'm, like, looking at him and I'm, like, he caught it. You know, (laughs) because, like, he just, like, he will not stop. Like, he's in it. And I've learned that I had to actually say to him, you know, hey, T-Rex, 
can you bring back Gabriel? Because I need to talk to him, you know? And sometimes the Gabriel would come back and sometimes he wouldn't. I want to know in terms of you, when it comes to your childhood, do you have a preference that he be raised like, like you were raised, not like you were raised, or are you kind of just neutral on the matter? I had two older brothers and a younger sister. And so for me, I guess you could say it is kind of an anti-blueprint because we're, you know, ch- you know choosing to have an only child. And, you know, um, you know, we often joke and people say like, hey, when are you having your next one? Hey, it's like, hey, when are you having your next one? Like, no, this is, you know, <laughs> no, we're, no, we're one and done. That's fine. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, adopting her you know, in the future, but, um, oh, she's giving me puppy eyes right now. She loves babies. Who doesn't? So. <laughs> well, when I'm tired, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you could just find like a way to just, uh, um, the off switch. No, no, no. If you could market the scent of babies, I think that, I think that would help you out. Okay. So I thought that too, but babies can have really bad breath. My baby has really bad breath in the morning, and she's so cute. But when she breathes in my face, I'm just like, oh, my God, child. So we started brushing her teeth. Another story for another day, and she loves it. Thank God. Peely, you have things that happened or did not happen in your childhood that you want to make sure are different for Gabriel. Can you quickly just kind of, when you you think about the things where you're like, I am not going to do that, what are those things? Well, one of the main things that I don't want to do is put on him my ideas or ideals for who he should be. That was something that was done to me and it did not go well for me because I had no idea of who I was. I was just basically trying to fit into the mold of who I was told I should be. And so I don't want that for him. I basically really want him to understand that he that he has the right to talk about you know how he feels about things that his opinions and things like that matter that there's room for that in their house i was in a you know yes ma'am no ma'am um you either like your child you only speak when you're spoken to you know that kind of thing and so that's not something that i want him raised with at the same time I was raised in a home where it was kind of like you know your parents ruled the roost and you were made to mind them do what they told you to do and so that's a part of me that like still kind of comes up when I'm in a situation with Gabriel that like you know I really want him to mind me and he doesn't (laughs) I just want you to know every I've never met a parent who doesn't feel that way. Okay. Talk to us about an issue that you guys have been having with Gabriel and um, and kind of what's been going on and your concerns around it. One of the items that's it's on a daily basis is when we're, you know, either trying to get ready for to leave for the day or, um, you know, you know, it's ready to go to bed at night or, you know, any of our regular routine items, you know, things like getting dressed, you know, brushing your teeth, eating, you know, all of that. Um, uh, he's not really receptive to doing it right away. So he, you know, you know, he doesn't really know that, you know, you know, we have a schedule, we need to leave. So, you know, he doesn't really care about that. He just wants to play. This is where I become my mom or, or become my dad is, you know, try to explain if you just do this thing now, then you have so much more time to play because you, you're like, this will take you 10 minutes and you got 30 minutes to play and do whatever you want and I won't be hassling you. 
he's walking around playing and you're not doing it. And I have to keep coming back and reminding him to, you know, you know, either get dressed or, or whatever it is. I mean, there's been times that we've hauled him off to the car and buckled him in and he's still wearing his PJs. It's because the point where we just have to like, just, you know, you know I just kind of, you would know, get frustrated. We do, uh, have to do it for him. When, um, just out of curiosity, cause I think we've all had to do the pajama, put the kid in the pajama in the car. Um, does that bother him? No. Yeah, so I didn't basically, think so. <laughs> yeah, no, he actually really likes wearing his pajamas during the day. I mean, I like wearing pajamas. He, I am wearing he pajamas. Was, <laughs> like in his preschool, he was the kid that always came to school in his pajamas. And like the one day that it was pajama day, I forgot to put him in pajamas. And so <laughs> That's he was amazing. the only kid not in pajamas on pajama day. <laughs> But yeah, no, he he regularly at home will be like, I'll be like, it's time to put on your daytime clothes. And he's like, no, I want to wear my pajamas all day. Well, we do buy him some pretty awesome pajamas. So yeah, they're pretty great. Yeah. With school, I would prefer that he has on daytime clothes since he's been at public school. We haven't had any real issues with it, but I think it's because I've basically just given in to helping him put on his clothes every day. Okay. Which, at this point, he certainly knows how to put on his clothes. He right? does. He'll ask for help sometimes, like, picking out his clothes. And so, like, we'll lay it out for him. And then, like, I'm getting ready for work, too. And, you know, we're all trying to get ready for the day. And so, you know, ten minutes later, I peek my head in, and he's still on the floor playing with Voltron. So I think that, especially at this age, five, six, like, when they are now being able to do it and then realize it kind of sucks that they can do it and they want the attention from not being able to do it, that they regress and now all of a sudden they can't do anything because they're like, you know, getting older is hard and learning new things and being good at them, that means that other people don't have to do them for you. And there's something sad about that. There's a loss there, right? One of the things that you need to think about is that if you still have to dress him, that's kind of like what we do with babies. So one of the things you can say to him is, Okay, you can dress him. The next time he asks to go to the park, you say, you know, I'd really love to take you to the park. But that's the thing that we do with big kids. And lately you've just been not able to do a lot of things. And I'm really too tired to have to dress you. I really don't want to be doing that. So I think we won't go to the park. When you are back to your big self, and you're dressing yourself every day, we can consider going back to the park. And again, you say it logically, you say it sort of in a matter of fact way, and you have to be very careful because often we get so angry that you can take a logical consequence and turn it into a punishment just by the tone of your voice. If you don't get dressed, I'm not taking you to the, to the park. Mm-hmm. Not a logical consequence because Basically, it it lets them know that we're upset and angry and they're going to have to do what we want them to do and the logical connection is missing for them. What they hear is your anger. So you always have to be in sort of a neutral mode and remember that you're the teacher and the logic is if he's too young to dress himself, he's too young to go to the park or he's too young for play dates. If he can dress himself for a play date, he's got to be able to dress himself for school as well. So if he's not dressing himself for school, we really can't go on a play date because that just doesn't work. You can't just dress for school. You have to be able to dress all the time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that would be the way I would handle that. 
my first thought is, you know, get you know, taking him to the park is like 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 we want him to go to the park. Two three days of not going to the park was painful. Like he, he had so much energy, you know. Okay, so and and that's the thing is it's it's what's hard is finding that thing that isn't that isn't going to screw you over too much and that's going to then make him difficult in another way because mm-hmm. as soon as she said the park i was like ooh, yeah like because you really need him to go to the park he he can't this is not enough space for him to really run mm-hmm. off the energy that he has but is there anything else i think a plate play dates are always good and you guys have a lot of play dates and mm-hmm. we're starting to have a lot of play dates mm-hmm. so um so I mean, things like the zoo mm-hmm. um so we renewed our membership there so that's another thing and yeah yeah, there's a little, um, there's some other places like that around the area that we, we would like to go to and he really enjoys. So that'd be another thing that we could, we mm. can consider. Yeah. I guess I'm yeah. confused though, because I, I'm thinking, okay, if we're just talking about tomorrow morning, we're getting up, hey, can you put on your daytime clothes while dad's, you know, in the shower, mom's making your breakfast or whatever. First thing he's going to say is, no, I want to eat breakfast first. Okay. But listen, I want you to put on your clothes first because then you'll have as much time as you need to eat your breakfast and then you'll be able to play after you finish eating. And he'll be like, no, I eat my breakfast first. Then um, he might start crying or... I wanted to go back and just finish what we did at the beginning. If you can remember what we talked about with the business of um, the goals... I wanted to be really clear because the listeners may not know, but when you have a child who's, you know, all of a sudden they've gone from being a a grown-up five-year-old who can dress himself to a little kid who can't dress himself and needs help with everything, we have the display of inadequacy. And so instead of feeling hopeless, we, we make the recommendation that until he's more grown up and we know he's capable of making that choice that we will choose to deal with him in the same way that he's dealing with us okay and similarly when he's making I mean when we look at this next behavior that you're talking about which is no no that's power power he's letting you know he's saying to you I'm the boss here we're going to do it my way Mm-hmm. And there are times when we can do that and times when it's perfectly legitimate. But I think when it comes time to organizing your day and getting you out of the house in time, I think it becomes really important that you do it your way because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I both know that if he eats his breakfast, he can dawdle and then it becomes the race to get dressed and dressing is another issue what you're trying to do and i think it's bright is to separate those issues first we get dressed we take care of that problem then we eat then whatever's left over is his perfect so it is a power issue for him mm-hmm. i actually would maybe do it differently now every kid's different so you'll know if this would work with him but to sit down and say things aren't going well in the morning let's t- i know you like to have your breakfast first but the thing that we are concerned about is that you will then not have time to get dressed you won't you know all of these other things will happen so 
let's decide how the morning is going to go so it's the same thing every single morning and if you insist on having breakfast first we will set a timer and you can have breakfast for this amount of time but once the timer goes off then it's time for you to go straight into your room and get dressed is that does that can we agree to that? So now you get breakfast first the way you the way you say you want it. And we want to respect that if you want your breakfast first. But you still have to be able to get have time to get dressed. So when the timer goes off after this amount of time, breakfast goes away. And it'll be time for you to go in and get dressed. And then after you get dressed, then it will be time for playtime. And you can play as long as you want until it's time to leave. And when we say it's time to leave, you will then get up and go into the car. And that'll be that, you know, that kind of a thing. So can we all agree on that? And if he, and again, you know if this is a conversation that he can have or not have overall. It doesn't have to go like perfectly where he's like, yes, this sounds wonderful. But like, can he get on board so that he feels like you're listening to him and he does have control. He can have breakfast first, Mm -hmm. but he can have breakfast first in this way that works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that still makes it so that you can get out of the house when you need to. Um, so that's what I would probably do with because she needs as much of that as possible, as much control over her schedule and how she does things as possible. But she also, we also go, okay, that's how things are going to go. But if this doesn't happen, then this is how it's going to go. Can we all agree that if you aren't done with breakfast by the time the timer goes off, I'm gonna t- we're going to take breakfast away. Breakfast time is over. It's not coming back. And it will be time for you to go and get dressed. And that'll be that. And then, okay, great. So now let's talk about going and getting dressed. You know, this is what should happen when we go and get dressed. We can help you pick up out your clothes. I will help you um, a little bit with your shirt. That I will do. Um, everything else we both know you can do so that'll be your responsibility once you get dressed then you know we'll give you this many minutes to get dressed you might want to do that you might not want to do that because actually if he doesn't get dressed in that amount of time it'll just eat into his playtime and then it becomes an issue of figuring out because you don't want him to be able to go this is how I work out things by the way in my head I'm like okay so if he goes to school in his pajamas he'll be excited to go to school in his pajamas so we can't do that what you then say is and you might have to confabulate something yeah you know we were really planning on going to the zoo I was really looking forward to that but you know if you're really not big enough to get dressed I'm not sure going to the zoo is something we can do you know we, we really like it when you're more grown up and can get dressed. Then we all have the energy to go do fun things. But again, it can't be done with anger and it can't be done in a sense to bribe. It really has to be done as the logical outcome of his choice. One of the things that, I mean, all of this kind of bleeds into is our last, like, it was Saturday and he really wanted us to make cookies and I had said um you know if he stopped watching tv and played shoots and ladders with his cousin that I would make cookies for him and so he played he didn't finish the game then he went back to doing whatever and then I said okay you know I will make cookies for you but I want you to help me I want us to turn the tv off and I want you to help me and so then he like lost his mind Um, fell on the floor. I don't want to help you. I don't want to help you. You said you're going to make cookies. You're a liar and 
all this stuff. And then he starts, you know, throwing himself on the floor. So I'm trying to like, you know, talk to him or whatever. And then he runs in his room, he slams the door and I'm just like, what is going on? So I go in there and then he, you know, he kicks me in the stomach because I'm like over him trying to, and you know, so he's just flailing. So he kicks me in the stomach. And so I finally said, you know, Gabriel, I really wanted to make cookies. Like I really wanted us to have this special moment together. And, but now like you've just, you've really hurt my feelings. You've kicked me in the stomach and I just, I have no more energy to make cookies. Plus I'm in the middle of trying to finish my hair and I just need to go back to doing my hair. I'm like, maybe we can have cookies tomorrow. Well then he just like really, really lost it then. And, you know, so then he's crying on the floor and he's just like, you, you lied, you lied, you're a liar. And he's just going on and on and on. And, um, and he had just worked himself up. He's like, I never, ever, ever, never get to have anything I want. You guys never do anything. This has been a thing with him lately. You're so mean to me and you never pay attention. You know, so he's just I was going to talk to you guys. You guys are so mean to him and he never gets what he wants. Never. And so he's just, he's just going after it. Right. And I'm just like, oh my Lord. And we had friends over. And so they're watching this whole thing. So then finally, you know, I'm like, okay, let's go in the other room. And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, either you can walk in the back with me or I'm going to pick you up. And he's like, no. And he's just like, you know, so I pick him up and I carry him to the bathroom. And, you know, I put him in the bath all these things I'm trying to calm him down and he you know he starts to get a little bit calm and then I try to have a conversation with him I try to talk to him about it but the minute I bring it up again he's like no because you said you were gonna do like he just it's like he is he he's stuck on one track you know, he and just repeats like, the story he just over and over the and over story again. over and over. And then what he is saying to himself is very like defeatist. And like it just it just goes further and further into the depths of despair. And so by the time he's finished, like he's in tears. And I'm like, I can understand why you would be crying because everything you're telling yourself, you know, you're just no good. Nobody likes you. You never get to have any fun. You know, your parents are mean. Like He's going down the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I have some thoughts on that. I'm sure you have some thoughts on it. I'll let you go first. Feels like you think that it's your responsibility to get him calm and to get him to stop crying. Sometimes, I mean, in that situation, I just wanted him to stop. Yeah, I think I wanted him to stop crying. Yes, yes, I did. And when you carried him into the bathroom, again, to try and calm him down, you were, in a sense, trying to take responsibility for what he, for his behavior and his feelings. Okay, and you really can't do that. I mean, there's no way you can fix. If a child decides they're going to be sad, they're going to be sad. If they want to be angry, I mean, you heard him repeat the same story over and over. Didn't matter what you said. Didn't matter that you had the logic and he didn't, you know. So when a child is behaving in that way, you need to just say to him, I guess you need to cry about it. When you're finished crying, you let me know and we can talk about it. But I, don't, I can't understand you when you're crying like this. Mm-hmm. And 
depending on whether he actually would or wouldn't go into his room, if, if you were to say to him, you can go into your room and cry, would he have done that? Maybe, yeah. I mean, sometimes he usually chooses to go and, like, he, that is his thing. Like, when he's angry with us, he runs to his room and he slams the door. Right. And I'm hoping that you don't follow him in, that you allow him to be as angry as he wants in his room, and then when he's done, he comes out and you can have a conversation. And sometimes I'm guessing that he may come out calm and get himself all worked up again, in which case you say, I guess we're not really ready to talk. You need to go back. Because again, these are feelings that he's conjured up. And so long as he knows that you are willing to go to any extent to calm him, to nurture him, to focus attention on him, it's a grand way to get your attention. And it's also very powerful. I think what's hard for me is that, you know, like, I, my feelings were never validated, understood. Like, I had to really f- learn to understand what I'm feeling, how to articulate my feelings, all these things. So I think for me, one of my main things is helping him to understand how he's feeling, what it, you know, what what are these feelings you're having? Where do you feel it in your body? And like really just trying to like help him articulate it. Now, at this point, he's pretty good at articulating his feelings. I think with with the whole helping him to calm down, I think I'm trying to give him strategies for how to calm. Do you know what I mean? Like and then also it was bath time and I just wanted to extricate him from the situation where our friends were here watching the whole thing. You said something much earlier too which I think may have played into this. You had company over and early on you said he's a performer. Mm -hmm. So he had an audience Mm -hmm. and removing him from the audience might have made it better. Mm -hmm. You know and you did that later. But if, you know, as soon as he knows he's got an audience and he can play to the audience, his wounded self, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you want to give him very little opportunity to do that. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I try to go to the same mode that Peely does where you try to comfort and, you know, kind of see. I try to talk through or try to get him to a position where he can start talking through his feelings, not just the raw emotion of it, but actually like talk through like real words to it, not just the, that, uh, that knee jerk reaction. Um, I think in most cases, um, I mean, I felt like it, it hasn't stopped the behavior, but I feel like, you know, like we tend to come to some sort of agreement afterwards, but that behavior has been coming back more and more. So I think like where I'm, have some questions or like a little bit of hesitancy on this. It's just that, you know, there's the whole sending them away when they're in the middle of having all these big feelings. Like if they don't know how to manage those feelings, like I'm what just sending them into the abyss of their feelings. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to be able to, to be able to self-soothe or to be able to calm themselves or to be able to know how to come back once they've seen red and their lid has flipped and they're, you know, completely, 
you know, in their limbic system brain, you know what I mean? As opposed to them being in their more rational mind. And I, right. Okay. So I like, so I'm just concerned about that. And I'm not saying like, basically he sends himself to his room. I don't tend to follow after him usually. Um, and I would say that for the most part, when he's really, really like high energy, the most thing that I will do is I'll just kind of sit there and I get super quiet, right? And I'll just kind of like, he'll, whatever he's saying, and I'll just kind of be like, yeah, that really sucks. Oh, I hear you. Man, you're really having a hard time. And so I'll just kind of sit with him in it um, and until he goes through it. But I guess my concern is sending him away when he has big feelings as opposed to if he chooses to go to his own room, great, but I don't want to like make his room the place that he goes because I can't handle you in this state. But what you can say is if you're having a hard time calming down and you want some help calming down, come and find me. I will help you. We can do deep breaths. We can do, so now you're saying, I'm still available to help you soothe yourself. But when you're ready, when you are at a place where you feel like you can't, can't control this and you're, you can't get, you can't get yourself calm, then come and ask me and I will help you calm down. But once you realize that's not what he's trying to do, Mm -hmm. I don't think you're ready to calm down yet. I think that's why you're still upset. Why don't you go back into your room when you're ready to calm down? If you need my help, come and get me. So that you're constantly saying, I am here for you. Yeah. I am here. I, I am supporting you. Because he is a performer and also because he knows that you have concern, I think a lot of his stuff may be much larger in his expression than he's, he may even be feeling. And that the behavior sort of precedes the feelings. Mm-hmm. And so long as he knows he can engage you in that way, um, there's no reason to stop. But when you separate yourself from him, he loses his audience, and then you know what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. And you make it very clear always, I'm here, I love you, and when you're ready, we will talk about it. And you, you frame it in a way that you would frame it with an adult. And because that's what he's, he's moving towards adulthood, we want him to know that we are going to be available to talk it through, to think it through. But you can't be available for the hysteria. That's something that he can learn not to do, and he will. He'll learn not to do it because it's not effective. Mm-hmm. And children don't do what doesn't work. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's really tough. But I think you said it really, really well. You know, they do what works. And always. Yeah. And and the display of emotion is so intense because they're just so young. You know, everything's the worst thing that ever happened to them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, too, is that kids learn that a huge display is going to get our attention much more quickly than if it's just something small. And sometimes... In some families, it takes that huge display yeah. in order for parents to, get to hear it. And I think this is true in households with a lot of kids. Yes. Not that you would know anything about no, that. No, no, no. Of course um, not. But oldest of seven. There's a lot of fear around um, the idea of sending your children away um, while they're having all of these feelings. 
Um, and I, I really want to encourage, encourage, encourage parents to understand that you're not sending them away to deal with the feelings by themselves. You're sending them away to calm down so right. that you can deal with the feelings in the situation and help them. You cannot help someone who is hysterical. Right. And they can control that. They can calm themselves down. And if they can't, there's a very, I mean, it's easy to teach that. Teaching them to take deep breaths yes. and blow it out. I think we're going to encounter this um, over and over and over and over again. It's just a tough one to really let sink in and also doing it in a way that's loving. So you're not like, get out of here, come back when you can act like an adult, but just say, sweetie, this is something that, you know, why don't you go do this in your room when you're ready to have a conversation about it, come and get me. Or if you can't calm yourself down and you need help, let me know. Right. And then, as long as they actually are trying to calm down, then go help them. And I want to make a point here. There are going to be some parents listening to this whose own parents were just there for every moment of the hysteria and the upset, and it fed into itself. And they may be thinking that we don't have any idea what we're talking about. And I think it's really important to look back at your own history and say to yourself, might it have been helpful to me if instead of their being so ever-present, instead of their being so conciliatory and so upset with us, mm -hmm. if they had just allowed us to get over the, the hysteria of it and then problem-solved with us, wouldn't I have been better off for that? And if you think that that might be the case for you as an adult, then wouldn't it be great to teach that to your child? The reason it stops, and it will stop, is because it doesn't work. Exactly. And so they aren't going to do it anymore. Like, right. what's the point? You know, if a tree falls in the woods, <laughs> no one's there to hear it. If a child tantrums on the floor, and no one's there to see it. Right. How long does that go on? How long does on? that go on? <laughs> Not long. Um, but I am excited to follow up with them and see how things go. And, you know, when you have a child that's as creative and energetic as, as Gabriel is, this is going to be ongoing. I mean, mm -hmm. the kid's got, I've never, it's, I, his energy is impressive. Really? And so, oh yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And, and obviously is going to be hugely beneficial to him mm -hmm. when he learns how to focus it. And they're being great about that. They know that they need to take him to the park. They know he needs to be outside and they're making sure he gets the opportunity to do that. When I um, volunteer in their class and, and I have him in my group, in my center, they call it, um, I usually encourage him to stand while he works instead of sitting because oh, um, nice. he doesn't squirm as much. And, and he feels just, I think he just feels better mm -hmm. standing. He's not much of a good sitter. I'm looking forward to the follow up on that and um, really encouraging them to, to take some risks um, and see what works. Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, we also can move on with our follow-ups from last week, Dove and Aura. Right. And we are going to see how things are going with them. And, um, and I think it's going to be good. Oh, definitely. All right. Let's listen. I ended up breaking it down into two main issues. One was really mainly, it seemed, coal with talking back. Uh, it's time to go to bed. You, it's time for you to go to bed. Something along those lines. 
And, um, and then the other one was more for Nava, who would come in and touch Dove's stuff, um, no matter whether or not you asked her to not do that or what. And the recommendation with, with Cole was the hand up, you know, walk away. Also, you know, I don't speak to people who speak to me that way, really making sure that he understands when, when is okay to joke and when's not. And then Nava was just mess with her stuff and show her how it feels. That's long story short. (laughs) So those are the two things that I ended up kind of whittling it all down to. And so how has it been going with those two things? So actually we were talking about it. The, The hand has, we've tried that since you guys mentioned that and that worked really well. Um, just kind of putting up our hands saying, you know, we're, we're not going to We're not going to respond if you talk like that to us. Just kind of like shaking our head and saying no. What does he do when you do that? He just kind of like shrugs his shoulders. Like he kind of gives like an, oh man, kind of look, but like gets <laughs> it. annoyed that like we're not responding how he wants to be responded. But then we, we literally walk away and they've been really good lately. I guess we were doing stuff and so they get that we mean business. And they've just been listening really well. And we don't want to jinx that because we know it goes in waves. (laughs) Absolutely. Just enjoy that wave. (laughs) Ride it as long as you can. So has has Nava done any of the stuff that um, that she was doing before going in and trying to touch her things? She hasn't. She's been really good. And she's actually developed a couple of her own little coping mechanisms. She walks around singing, this is great, the other morning. And it's, I mean, she loves it and it's fun. But I, the other day I paid attention really close to what she was singing because it was the morning shift and I was giving Shlomo a bottle, our eight-month-old, and Cole mm-hmm. was asking me questions about his homework. And Nava was sitting on the floor right there singing. And then I listened carefully and she was singing, Nobody's showing me love. <laughs> so I quickly showed her some love, and then I loved her singing, and uh, you know. But um, so that's been really cool to kind of sit back and watch, actually. That's amazing. Rue will sing. Rue will sing a song, and, and that's the chorus. No one cares about me. No one cares about me. And I was like do you really feel like no one cares about you? And she's like, no, why? <laughs> I was like, oh, just checking. Sorry. Love that coping mechanism. I also took, you guys, you guys had mentioned, I don't remember who, about the giving two choices and then the, if you don't choose, I'll choose for you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That really helped me with Nava. Um, like getting in and out of the bath, like you can either get out of the bath yourself or I will pick. And if you don't want to choose, I will choose for you. And that usually gets her to listen to what I need because she'd rather walk out of the bath than me lifting her places. So that's a really, really great one. That's awesome. Yeah, that really works. And she hasn't been like, yeah, I forgot she used to like touch things and go in the office. She knows Dove's office is now off limits. Like she doesn't go in there. She'll ask if she can get a paper from there. Um, she'll listen if we say you have to wait for one of us to get it for you. Um, you know, I actually I'm just thinking about it as we're talking. I, I think part of the reason when they were coming in, just looking back on it in context, I think I was like working on a particular project and spending many hours in there. And yeah. Last month I've been with them a lot more. So there hasn't been that need, I guess, what they were really going is just to come find me and spend time. That's awesome. I feel like Cole's also been... Don't jinx it. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a loaded question. <laughs> Things are going well, thank God. <laughs> Cole's been good. He, you know, I he's think very involved in first grade. He's, so he's yeah, like, his teachers are phenomenal in giving him a lot of um, confidence. So that's I, great. Right. He's feeling like a bigger boy, basically. He's feeling like a big boy. He has his homework. His homework's not difficult for him. So he feels like good about doing it, not getting frustrated. We started also doing basically, Nav and Cole used to go to bed at the same time. And now, as long as he's having a good day and I feel like he's not too tired and he's being respectful, then he gets to stay up about 15 to 20 minutes after she's in bed. And that's a time for me and him to play a game or read him a book or just talk and hang out. That is amazing incentive. Right. Amazing incentive to behave. And we really, I, I enjoy it. And you know, one of the other things you might want to say, because it's all very easy, you can tell him that you see that he's doing really, really well. And just so that he knows that sometimes in school, things aren't so easy, but that you know he can do it because you know he's got a lot of, he's brave and he's got a lot of courage and he's just going to try until he gets it and that you'll be right there to help him. And it's really important to just, you don't want to hit that one a whole lot, but you want to say it at a time when you know he's feeling really good so that he understands, you know, there are going to be ups and downs with school, things he likes, things he doesn't like. And because otherwise, you know, it goes along, goes along. And the first time he hits something that doesn't work, you know, we want him to, to already have it in, in the bag that this was something you guys warned him about and it's okay and it's normal and that, uh, he can come home and tell you and you'll do whatever it takes to help him with it. And that's, that's a good idea. That's just really important because otherwise I've seen kids sail along for, you know, first grade, second grade, they get to third grade and all of a sudden they're doing something different. And they, they, it's like when they hit something that's unexpected and they're not particularly great at it, all of a sudden the, the pieces start to fall apart and you just have to say, this is part of it. This is, you know, this is part of learning and it's okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. And the alone time is a great time to have that conversation. You bet. bet. That's totally. Yay. That helps, you know, when you give good advice about parenting, when your job is to give advice about parenting. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) That helps. Like you said, like it goes in waves and it's something we're always learning. I, I, like the metaphor of like a video game when you're kind of cruising along and you don't see ahead that there's like this cliff out of nowhere. (laughs) So, We're in a good zone. Right, right. That's awesome. Like every night when we have this moment of like, okay, three down. (laughs) (laughs) Right? How many left to go? Every parent listening will relate to that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. (laughs) That's why we really believe in bedtime. Oh, yeah. We ask each other all afternoon, is it bedtime yet? (laughs) (laughs) Is it bedtime yet? Is it? Is it? Well, thank you guys so much for participating thank you guys a lot and i think it's great i love the parenting uh, podcast idea because i feel like a lot of parents need it yeah yeah always we agree why 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 right why why god all right all right well enjoy life take care have a good night take care (laughs) bye-bye okay bye yay 
Woohoo! Yay! Your your woohoo is much better than my yay, but um, <laughs> I feel it inside. I've been practicing longer. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm really glad. I mean, they have great kids. They're great parents. They do. You know, they do. What are you gonna say? Um, but the the simple things that they have implemented the the hand up, walking away, that kind of thing. And then also the choices yes. that she's giving Nava. Those are just two simple things that make such a huge difference. It does. When you give a child a choice, what happens if they don't choose either choice? The way she has been saying it is she said she gives them three choices. Ah. Walk to your room. I'll carry you to your room. If you don't decide, I will decide for you. That's right. That's right. Very excited that they just those two simple things have really made a difference. So listeners... The hand, talk to the hand, shake of the head. I'm not going to talk to you when you speak to me this way. Right. That and giving choices. I, do you want to do this, this, or I will choose? Right. Um, is also a great way of getting your child to, to move. To move and make choices. And again, if they don't choose to make choices, you make the choice for them. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to bringing you the next episode, which is going to be with the author of the book, How Much is Too Much? So join us for sure. We look forward to having you back. Wonderful content coming. All righty. <laughs> Peace out. Yes. Bye.